everyone and welcome to the Life is a Party podcast, the home of black love and celebration. My name is Olivia DeSantos and I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, Asumpta Vitku. Hello, how are you doing today, my dear? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you today? I am... I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm having a weird day. I'm having an out of body experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I say I, I, my answer was like the typical reflex. Oh, I'm great. But really I am a flu filled mess with the nasty flu, cold, bionic, whatever it is that's going around the UK at the moment. So I will try to keep my coughing to a minimum. so yeah so bear that in mind listeners that we are both feeling a bit blah but we hope that you but we hope that we manage to brighten your day anyway so today we are talking about guest numbers we're talking about who you should be inviting to your wedding and how to maintain a decent guest list in terms of numbers and how that affects everything in your wedding everything but I wanted to start this conversation with uh, revisiting a point from the last podcast. So thank you so much for everyone who listened to the first podcast. It was really fun to record and it was it started with some really good conversations. And I wanted to bring up one in particular that I had with a man. Um <laughs> <laughs> who hopefully won't listen to this, but if he is, then hello. Um, So we had a relatively heated conversation about the cost of weddings, him believing that weddings are expensive and was kind of arguing with me about that. But he brought up a point that I think is so interesting and I'd never thought about it this way before. He said that there is a distinction between something being expensive and something being valuable and that both can be true at the same time. So he thinks objectively weddings are expensive, like they just are expensive, but that doesn't mean that they are not valuable. Such salient points. Um, When you said this to me, Prior to the podcast recording now, I just thought, oh, wow, actually, that's so true. Like, I don't, I think, as we spoke about before, the um, cost of weddings, you know, expensive, not expensive, that's subjective. But I do think it's really interesting that you can say a wedding is expensive, but still valuable, which is what I believe, personally. But it was just interesting to have somebody else say that, especially a man, (laughs) Yes, a man who's not sure that he even wants to get married or the expense that he will personally put into his wedding. Um, So I wanted to bring up that point because I think it's a really interesting one and maybe kind of chew on that. If you do feel that weddings are expensive, that's fine. Um, But is it valuable to you still? You know, is it okay that you are spending that money? And think about the other things that you spend money on. Are they objectively expensive? Like if you have a pair of Manolo Bolognics, that is an expensive pair of shoes to me. Um, And to me, because I do not wear high heels, it's not as valuable. But if they are valuable to you, 
it is still expensive and it's still valuable. So have a have a think about that. I think it's interesting. It's a really good point. Something to think about. Hope you guys are taking notes. <laughs> so yeah, just wanted to bring that up before we started. So let's talk about um, something that does affect budget hugely, as we stressed very much <laughs> in that podcast. Massively. <laughs> and those are your guests. People are the most expensive thing in your budget, okay? We will say that until yes. the end of time. And I don't think people, like couples, really appreciate how much the number of guests you have at your wedding can really affect your budget. Um, and I don't just mean it in terms of like your catering, which is one of the larger expenses. And also the more bodies that you have in the room, the larger the room needs to be, unless you're just like throwing caution to the wind and you don't mind people being sardines in a room. I have been to that wedding where people are standing to the side because there weren't enough chairs. It's just crazy. Um, but also the more bodies you add it's not just a case of telling your caterer oh here we go it's gone up by 10 people or 50 people or 100 whatever the case may be you then need to start factoring in physical tables chairs centerpieces favors if you're having them like everything goes up not just like just not just your food you have to consider the whole um the whole day in its entirety even if you're hiring a wedding planner, then they will need to hire a bigger team to, to exactly. cater for that number for those number of guests. Even if you have a catering team and if they have a set number of um, waiters, etc., that they bring. Mm-hmm. If you have a dry hire venue, they will also have to hire more staff for the number of guests yeah. that you have. That's really important. Even. Even at the level of um, entertainment and the event production that you need, the speakers that you need for the larger room that you have, Mm -hmm. all of those things factor in. So yeah, your guest numbers are not just- The decor as well, if you have a larger room. Exactly. The decor is huge as well. So it's not about just the- per person menu price is everything. So how do we navigate this um, guest list creation space? Which is a fantastic question and one that I do not involve myself with. (laughs) 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 Your guest list is your problem. I, I never involve myself. And to be fair, it comes from the reason that I bow out a lot and kind of defer to advice from other people around this and give very generalized advice to my to my couples is because I'm not from a big family and you know the politics of who you invite in a Caribbean wedding is very very different um to if you're having an African wedding uh which we will revisit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> multiple times oh, we're, we're circling back to that one <laughs> <laughs> and I have like I said I have a very small family I've got 12 core family members the youngest being 16 you know so this is it. it's it's not something that I have had to think about very much and also 
because of the way that my family is set up and because of the way that I was raised, I have no problem with cutting people just like chop, 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 gone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Chopping them like I, Exactly. Like I said, I would prioritize my band over anyone. That <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> and as I said in, in the last um, episode, like, I lost my band because of people. I can have a band because of the number of people that were there. Right. So sad. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that kind of pressure, which is why I don't give this kind of advice. So, yeah. But objectively speaking, you do have to control your guest numbers somehow. Obviously, yes. it's much easier if you come from a line of a family like mine or a mentality like mine where you're just like boom haven't spoken to you in a year gone bye-bye <laughs> but 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 from your perspective having gone through this process and also had quite a bit a larger wedding than you int- intended what advice would you give to people trying to cut down their guest list well first firstly two words for you brace yourself <laughs> that that is how I am going to begin I'm smiling as I'm saying it but really (laughs) I remember like I'm remembering the challenges and this was the most I actually enjoyed our wedding planning for the most part but the most stressful part the thing that caused me the most anxiety was the guest list planning it even trying to do the tables it was so stressful so 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 stressful and the thing is like it was all well and good for me to say I wanted a wedding with 150 people or 200 at the max which was what I would have been comfortable with um I'm saying I as opposed to we because my husband has a really small family like tiny (laughs) probably even smaller than yours Olivia so um to him this wasn't necessarily anything for him to think about he was just kind of like sure like whatever he was happy to go with the flow he didn't have any strong opinions any which way um but realistically for me I was just like I think 150 to 200 is what we would be able to keep it down to I thought I thought I'm gonna say that a third time I thought and then the reality hit so for context on one side of my family alone I have 30 sorry yeah close to you actually just I have over 20 first cousins and that's not to say that they all came to my wedding but these are people that you have to take into consideration my parents are both from really large families they both have so my mum is from a family of eight and my dad is from a family of seven so he has six siblings and my mum had seven siblings they were all invited to the wedding and all of them except one is married like so that just let's just do that maths alone before we've (laughs) even included first cousins just my parents siblings and their spouses is like the micro weddings of some people right now (laughs) that's before we've added my husband's family my our friends or anything of the sort we've already hit capacity um so as you can imagine, it was quite a challenging situation. <laughs> I'm going to start coughing just from like, <coughs> just from the like stress of thinking about it. But yeah, it was, um, 
It was, I, 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 it did upset me. I'll be honest. I would have loved to have had a smaller wedding. Having said that, it was really fun. And when I think back on it, I don't, I personally don't know how I would have cut out certain friends that who were there. And so I'm sure my parents were in exactly the same situation. They didn't know which cousins that they would say they couldn't invite or which uncles and aunties they were going to say couldn't come, especially as like they're people that had been there since I've grown up or they've been to all their kids' weddings. Part of me was a little bit like, just because you've been to their kids' wedding doesn't mean they have to come to mine. But, you know, they want to come and celebrate you ultimately. Um, And it did work out in the end, thankfully. But for those of you who are going through this right now and feeling like it's never going to end, there is an end point. And hopefully, as you continue listening, we'll be able to give you some tips and some help to be able to navigate these waters (laughs) and to help you with cutting so ultimately like I had to cull some people because otherwise we would have ended up at like four four, five hundred region and I just wasn't going to do that so for example with my friends unless you were married or engaged your boyfriend or your girlfriend couldn't come it's just no unfortunately like there just had to be some sort of criteria and for you that might be different because maybe your friends aren't really big on marriage so some couples may have been together for years and years and for all intents and purposes they're married you can have an exception for those people but with my friends um like a boyfriend you've been with for x amount of months or maybe even a year like they're not invited (laughs) because you might not be with them next year and i'm gonna spend all this money and they're gonna double my numbers for what (laughs) i know you'll be here in my life next year hopefully but um so it was a bit unfortunate and it may have seemed a bit harsh but it was at that point it was the only way for us to keep this down and similarly there were no children allowed except family children and by that I mean like our page boy who was one of my cousins and our flower girl who was one of my husband's cousins like that was it and then two of my friends three of my friends brought their babies two had flown in from other countries so I wasn't going to turn around and be like hey leave the baby and then the other one I didn't know that they were bringing their child they just sort of brought them and I, was, I couldn't turn them away and say no this child can't be here but other people you know and you have to word this nicely because it's not me being like I don't want to see your child I don't love your child that's far from the truth it was an opportunity for you to have a night off essentially because our wedding was a massive party it just turned into this like open bar (laughs) alcohol fueled well if you drank anyway the bar was open to you and the DJ was on fire so you know I wanted even my friends with children to be able to have a good time or my aunties and uncles with younger children have fun, let your hair down, find somebody to look after this child. So when you frame it in that way, I think people are a little bit more accommodating of your request to not have children there. So that that immediately is a way of cutting down your numbers by um, not having children and also not having plus ones. For sure. I was going to say about the children thing, um, that's an easy one to cut as, as horrible as that yep. sounds. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, children <laughs> at weddings can be really fun. They can be really funny. Um, but more and more now we are seeing couples just prioritizing really uh, close family children. Um, yes. 
another point that I would give when talking about guess this is that it's much, much easier to not invite someone than to uninvite them. So figure out all of this stuff. That's true. Before. And there are a couple of ways of doing this. So some people have like an an A list and a B list. Um, And this is something that you can use as a compromise point with your parents, for example, Um, sometimes, and we'll come back to that, but it can be a, a compromise point if you have like, okay, say you want to invite a hundred people max and you send out your invitations, you are expecting that some people will say no. And then you have a list of people that could potentially fill those spots. So you can send out a second round of invitations to your B list in, in quotations. Um, and those can be, you know, plus ones or workmates or things like that, right? Uh, people that are not your absolute essentials, must, must be yeah. there, um, can be on your B list. And you can do, so you can do tiered invitations. Do send out once and then send out again. If you do need to do that though, bear in mind that you need to have enough time. So you'll probably be sending out your invitations earlier than normal um so bear that in mind and yeah uninviting is really really awkward uh much (laughs) much more awkward than anything else and people have the the wildest stories someone one of my friends messaged me i think it was last year or the year before um about a wedding that she was at where she had been uninvited to the dinner so they had (laughs) As in, come to the ceremony. We're not going to feed you, and then make your way and back then come to the back. after party. Yep. <laughs> that, do you know what's funny? I'm laughing. Like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. And then I remembered one of my friends was in that situation. Yes. And I just thought, and it's not in a place that was local to where they live or anything. So, what were you expecting them to do for those exactly. hours in the middle? Exactly. My friend was in the exact same situation. She's in the village in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. Just gone to the church ceremony and then has to kind of like twiddle her thumbs for like, you know, five hours, six hours. Find a local McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I just... Because they had just packed capacity of the dinner is what their excuse was. But... That was just poor planning on the on the part sure. of guest listing. Like you can yeah. just have evening guests. That's another thing. You can have an extra list of evening guests. So, you know, invite your diehards to your ceremony, your co- your your drinks reception slash cocktail hour and your dinner. And then have more people come in the evening if you have the budget to do that. And if you have the capacity to do that, then you can do that. But making someone take out a whole day for you, dress up, put on their makeup, you know, wake up early, all that kind of thing to get to your ceremony and then send them away. The audacity, hey, I would not. (laughs) Yeah, um, and that really is audacity. But I've... I've seen some things over time, the guest side from 
hearing stories and also working in the industry that have blown my mind. Like, you don't feel... I don't want to say shame is the wrong word, but like embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel embarrassed that you, <laughs> that you are subjecting people to this? But I find that weddings and milestone events and celebrations kind of sometimes bring out the worst in people or they think in such a linear fas- fashion that they don't, um, they become a little bit irrational mm-hmm. and they think that it's okay I'm like, if somebody did this to you, would you feel this was okay? Exactly. Um, just, just circling back a little bit to your um, A list and B list, something I would want to highlight. I know it's common sense, but I have learned common sense is not common. Um, and it just may not have occurred to you, but discretion. Please exercise discretion. <laughs> if you do have, you don't want the B list to know that they're on a B list or a C list even. Like, as Olivia said, do this with enough time that um, you, it almost seems a little bit seamless that somebody getting a secondary invite wouldn't think, oh, they've only just invited me because somebody else has fallen out. No, it's, it's a reasonable amount of time to receive an invitation. Exactly. You don't want to be sending out your B-list invitations like a month before your wedding because obviously they will feel like an an afterthought, you know, they will feel like yeah. you, didn't, you didn't think about them. Um, and also bear in mind, you have to think about the relationships of everyone uh, on your guest list if you're going to do mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, if you're talking about say for example your workplace okay not everyone invites their workmates to their weddings or not for the full day or whatever but don't invite like don't invite like two people out of your team in the first round (laughs) and then the other four in the second round because that's just messy (laughs) like you're just asking for trouble it's just or don't invite everybody in the team except one person or two people that's super awkward and if you don't or if you only plan on inviting one person from the whole team let them know to not talk about it like number one don't talk about your wedding at work don't talk about any plans if you don't plan on inviting anyone from work or maybe just like one person don't mention it like don't if they ask about plans oh it's going well like just end the conversation because the more you talk about your wedding at work the more your co-workers will be invested in the journey with you and may assume that they might be invited and you just don't want that awkwardness but yes please think about relationships <laughs> i agree if you plan on staying in the in the office then yes consider the relationships absolutely i'm i'm kind of more on the team of like unless you're like super tight like that the team is really close and everyone is is really you know intimate that way then maybe uh, invite them to the day but I'm more on the side of like if you're having evening guests invite them to your your evening yeah. party that could be fun they may not even come that kind of thing um, but didn't that happen on the real yeah. so you know the real the the talk show with the four the show yeah, yeah. Um, so one of them got married abroad 
invited all of the girls and they all went and another one of them got married recently and none of them were <laughs> none of them were invited and it was <laughs> no way yeah. it's just like oh yeah it was just i don't believe that it was just close <laughs> i feel like i have to look that up it was just close family yeah it was oh god what's her name i think it's jenny mai i think she's the one that didn't invite the rest of them but adrian invited all of them out to paris to paris yeah. And Jenny yeah. might didn't have any of them there. And it's, it's, it's really awkward. She did, no, I don't believe that. She had to have invited them, no, didn't they, she? They weren't there. it was like in People magazine or they anything. They weren't there. I saw it Yikes. on a gossip video. They weren't there. And it was it was awkward but because have, when they talk about it on the show, you know, when they talk, when they mentioned, when she mentions things from her wedding, it's clear that none of them were there, you know? So... But that is the better way to do it. It is better for her to have not invited them mm-hmm. all than to have invited one person or two, half. That would have been super awkward. At least she can say it was just close friends. Um, well, I thought they were close friends, but you can say it was just like maybe childhood friends or whatever, like super close friends and family. That was it. And that is a more reasonable explanation than just being like, hey, it was super close friends. Oh, so half of us are close friends and the rest of us aren't. You know, you don't want to get into that kind of dialogue with people or to be offensive, Um, even though you probably don't. Hopefully you're not intending to be offensive or petty. Um, Yeah, let's just try and avoid that at all costs. Absolutely. But speaking of being offensive or petty... We have to circle back to the cultural question um, because it's super important when it comes to this. And this is why I do not involve myself with guest listing for any of my couples. Like you do not pay me enough to deal with your families, okay? Um, (laughs) I, I come from a very specific cultural background and a very specific family makeup. And there are there are family politics and then cultural politics on top of those family politics that you need to be mindful of. And so the first thing, first tip under under this section of the podcast is that most guest listing advice is written by white people. Okay. So just bear that in ding, mind. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Keep that in your mind when you look for ways to cut your guest list they'll say things like if you haven't spoken to someone in a year they're off the guest list um unless your uh, unless your parents are paying for your wedding that they have no say and who gets to be there they will say things like that and you need to have your own cultural like wherewithal to be able to navigate the actual reality in your situation. And yeah, this is why I don't get involved, but you know more about this than I do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm over here smiling because I am definitely sure in a blog post on my own website, I've written your day, your way, and all of that malarkey and the stuff that we like to say, which is true. We do want to create the day that you would like your way, but when I when people actually hire me I am very clear with you that depending on your 
cultural references and where your family is from and like there are going to be certain expectations of you and there are certain hurdles that we are going to have to cross and I will be there with you along the way because I have had to cross them. It When I was reading these articles that were telling me, it's your wedding, just say no. Don't invite this person as Olivia has just alluded to. I was like, yeah, this wasn't written for a black person. This or specifically, it was not written for somebody from my cultural background. That's not to say that there aren't Nigerians. I am Nigerian. If you are new to our podcast and you have never had any experience of us before, um, I'm Nigerian and it is commonplace at Nigerian weddings for all and sundry to be able to attend. That is changing with the times. We are getting a bit um, stricter with guest lists and also having well, actually having guests this instead of being like everyone you ever known and you just here's the venue, show up if you want. We are getting much better at doing things like that. Having said that, we still like um, people in the Asian community and by Asian, I mean like Indian um, and the Muslim community. Um, I'm saying Muslim, like that's a religion as opposed to an ethnicity. But our weddings are very similar in that tons of people can come. Everyone your parents have ever known (laughs) in life are able to come to this wedding and you have to feed them. So um, when I used to read these articles telling me, oh, you know, it's your wedding. Do what you want. Yes, it's our wedding. But we also have to take our benefactors into consideration. (laughs) And even if you aren't, if even if you are paying yourself, because I've had clients and also friends who are footing the majority of the bill for their wedding or all of the bill, their parents have still had a say and they could do nothing about it. They may not have liked what was happening. They ask a parent for a guest list or tell them you a mum or, you know, if, it's just a single parent you were allowed 50 people to come and the parent is like I don't understand what do you mean (laughs) and it might seem alarming to some people even black people from different cultures and you might think well if they're not paying why would they be able to say that to you well this is our culture (laughs) they gave birth to you they feel like it is their wedding too and it is their time to shine like in the end it did it did frustrate me but like on the day when you see the joy from your parents it all makes sense like it is a thing that they've been waiting for it's almost like a rite of passage because their parents did the exact same thing to them and that's not to say if I had a child I would then do this to my child I don't think I would but I'm a different generation I was brought up differently and I have different sensibilities but you have to learn to give them grace in these situations I'm not going to lie to you and say it will be easy it's not it's not easy and I also won't lie and say just do what you want because you also want to try and preserve your relationship with your parents unless it's rocky to begin with and you're trying to just cut them off anyway if you still want to have a relationship with parents and you're in this situation like post your wedding you need to choose your battles and I think that was why I began all of this by saying brace yourself I had to just let go and figure out the things that were super important and then to us and impress that upon my parents. Thankfully, I have really reasonable parents, like (laughs) comparatively. So they listened and were like, yeah, cool, that's fine. Um, And also 
they the, the thing that I said from the very get go was if we're going to have this many people at our wedding, we have to maintain the standard. And I said it knowing that there was never going to be any question with that because I know my parents' taste. They were always going to maintain the standard. It just meant more money for them. And if they were happy to spend it, then so be it. But I know everybody is not in that position. So if you are having these guest list challenges with your family, then I think you need to sit down and be realistic and think these are the non-negotiables where we're going to be sitting. I want this to look exactly like this or maybe my photographer. I want this photographer so that we get bomb pictures or I want this videographer or I don't know, but whatever it is or this DJ, whatever it is that is most important to you and your significant other, pick those things and then you need to learn, like you have to compromise on the rest. And also if you let go of certain things, you will be far less stressed. <laughs> far less stressed. If you hold on to this and try to resist the whole way through, it is not going to be an enjoyable process. But I think if you set your expectations accordingly and just try to make it as amazing as you can with the things that you can control. For example, just have like the bridal shower that you want if you're having one of those. Plan that in the way that you really want to. Um, and then you can just... Yeah, I, I, you have to find your joy in other places. Otherwise, you will literally go mad. <laughs> that makes perfect sense and are all great tips. And I do think that I uh, I would stress the the point of having some grace when you go into those conversations um, with your parents. They've come from a very fixed mindset and tradition for much longer than you think it goes way back so just have that generosity of spirit to them when you go into these conversations but I also wanted to give some advice to the people who are not in that situation like me um Mm -hmm. so if I was to marry so sorry for context uh, anyone who is new to us um I am the Caribbean half so my my mother is Trinidadian and my dad is Guyanese. So um, we don't have the same politics. I laugh at like the, the fact that my nan, my Trinidadian nana, who has three sisters and three kids and five grandchildren, um, when she had, when she got married again, her second wedding, she didn't invite anyone. She didn't invite anyone. She eloped. She didn't even tell anyone it was happening. She told everyone after the fact. She just came back married. Obviously, we knew who she was marrying. We know who my granddad is. Um, But no one knew about that wedding. No one was there. So you can tell like the huge juxtaposition between like the huge difference between a Caribbean family and an African family. She didn't even, it didn't even matter uh, that no one was there. It just, it just was what it was, right? Um, So if I were to marry into an African family and I'm just like, who are these people? You don't even know these people. Why are they coming to our wedding? Why are we paying for their food? It's the same advice of like having fat, grace that generosity of spirit that under that cultural understanding that hopefully you've gone through for years and years and years in your relationship like actually understanding each other's customs and understanding that 
in my family, no one is essential. (laughs) In my family, no one needs to be there and they will not be offended. It's fine. (laughs) Anyone can be jettisoned at any point. Anyone. Anyone can be off. It's fine. (laughs) Whereas in mine, it's the complete opposite. Like my parents, after our wedding, bearing in mind our two weddings were 450 people and 350 respectively, they were still getting angry messages from people that they weren't invited. Wow. There were people that were upset that they weren't invited. Mm -mm. No, no. I have, I think that I'd get more more of that from my friends than I would from my family. Um, But, you know, obviously your mileage may vary. My family is very small and, you know, lots of weird politics in my family. So it could be that you just have a very close family and they all want to be invited anyway. That's fine. I understand. What I'm saying is that on the Caribbean side, it's less of a cultural kind of fixed thing that your parents have their own guest lists and that if they are, even if they're not contributing, that you must invite, you know, their best friends and all of that kind of thing. That's not really as, as much as a, a, a custom on our side. So if you are marrying into uh, a culture, if you're marrying into a Nigerian family and they have, you know, a guest list that is 300 people long and you have a guest list that's 15 people long, I think just just let it happen, you know? As long as you can afford it. Just go like, with it. Yeah, just get on with it. Just, like you said, choose your battles. Have the generosity of spirit. Understand the cultural background that you're marrying into. And just have fun with it, you know? Um, sometimes bigger parties are much more I mean, fun, so. Yeah, I think you, you just made two really salient points. Have fun and also... Oh, wow. What was the other thing that you said that um, just popped into my head? Um, Okay, well, hopefully it comes back to me. But you said something really key just now. And, um, well, everything has been key. So please, guys, re-listen to this if you need to and know that you're not alone. If you are in the same boat as me or if you're not um, and you're in a similar situation to Olivia, um, you might not have the family issue of, like, who to invite but maybe just trying to cut down your friends so that you don't have an extortionate um number i remember if you can afford it that's what it is the more people you have the more expensive it is and we don't want you to be in a situation where you are robbing peter to pay paul um all in the name of feeding a bunch of people that you don't want to because one of the things that puts a huge amount of stress on relationships and marriages is finances. Mm-hmm. So you don't, I feel like we need to have a podcast episode about finances about at some point, but you don't want to, I know we began this way, but I think a bit more of an in-depth one as well. You don't want to start your married life stressed out because you can't buy groceries because you've just fed a bunch of people that you don't know. You might be used to it if you are from that culture. But if you're marrying, like I did, marrying someone outside of your culture, my husband is Romanian, it could have made things super awkward, him being like, why the heck, like we can't afford to eat now or pay bills because 
we fed a bunch of your family and friends, like, or people that I've never even met. <laughs> Thankfully, that wasn't the case and he didn't feel that way towards it. But it can very easily turn into that. So I think um, you also need to have a realistic conversation about your budget and these in relation to these guest numbers. Please feel free to head on over to our blog and read the posts that we have about budgeting and all of that kind of stuff, finding wedding planners. We have a whole planning section with um, a wealth of resources for you. But yeah, you don't want to find yourself in a tricky situation because you're just handing out invites arbitrarily, like really be considered when you um, create your guest list. And also if you are having a wedding that's not a free-for-all as it could be for example I've been to weddings in Nigeria where like it's literally a thousand people that are there but they have the infrastructure to be able to cater for that number of people quite easily um we're in the UK (laughs) please guys (laughs) you need to like think about these things and think about your guest experience um can you really provide an enjoyable experience, not just for your guests, but for yourself, for the number of guests that you want to have there? What does that look like? Put yourself in their shoes. Would you have a good time at the wedding that you, at the type of wedding you're trying to plan? Absolutely. Like, obviously I've always been team small wedding. I tend to plan small weddings because they are destination weddings and they're always mostly naturally a little bit smaller anyway. Um, And obviously I have a small family, so I'm likely to have a small wedding. But it is that factor of guest experience. Like if you have a budget of £25,000, it's like uh, £30,000. 33,000 euro or so, or 30,000 euro and about $33,000 or so. Um, Then splitting that between 30 people (laughs) and splitting that between 100 people and splitting that between 250 people, those are three very different weddings. So... The guest Mm. experience, obviously, at the 30-person wedding, at the 30-person wedding is probably pretty insane. That's a pretty great budget for 30 people. Um, When you get to the 250-person wedding, mm, how many canapes are you offering (laughs) for (laughs) for that kind of budget? How much food are you able to give? How much event production? And do you have a band? Probably definitely not. You, you know, you probably just have a playlist playing in the background, things like that. You really have to scrimp to make that work. Um, So keep your budget in mind. Be intentional with your guest listing um and yeah try and let your parents win sometimes (laughs) yeah and like I said it kind of just makes your life a little maybe easier is not the word but yeah just choose your battles (laughs) just go with the thing that's most important to you as long as you look amazing and and actually remember the reason why you're doing all of this it's your you your love that's what you you get that prize at the end of it all you know 
you're doing this because you love somebody and you want to um, spend the rest of your life with them and you want to celebrate beautifully, it may not look the way you want it to. I wrote a blog post about that. I had somebody's dream wedding. It was not mine, but it was still beautiful. It was still fun. And then you can always just have a um, vow renewal, which is what I'm holding out for. (laughs) And do that in the way you want to later down the line. Absolutely. Exactly. We're, We're ending this podcast the same way that we ended the last one. Like, do it again. Okay, do it again. Uh, multiple times. Do it, your, do it your way. Do it smaller. Do it larger. However, um, if you don't have your dream guest this this time, maybe you can make it next time. It's okay. Um, is there anything else that we want to talk about on the guest numbers topic? Something I forgot to mention when I when we were talking about plus ones. Um, one of the things about allowing people plus ones which you need to take into consideration is that if they for example cannot bring their partner like their partner can't make it they might decide to bring a random friend that you don't know um which takes a space from somebody that you do know that you could have invited or what happens if they bring someone you do know but didn't invite <laughs> mm-hmm. These are all things that I want you to be aware of that are possibilities that could happen. I think on the day you wouldn't really care because you'd actually just be so happy that you'd just be like, oh, hi, blah, blah, blah. Like you'd be riding the euphoria. It might be awkward for a day, like a few minutes, but you wouldn't really think too much about it until maybe later you're seeing them in your wedding pictures and video and you're like, you actually know this person, but you didn't invite them. <laughs> and then they were brought by somebody else. That's a possibility. Just thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> Some food for Absolutely. thought for you. But I have, a, I have a fix for that. And that would be to word your invitations in a way or word your, yeah, word your invitations in a way that stresses that the people who are invited are the people who are named on on the RSVP so who it's addressed to um you can do that for kids as well so if you're inviting um a a whole family and you write out the names you write out who who is invited and if it's just the parents who are invited you just write the parents and you, you write a note about children a bit later um but you can word your invitations in a way to say like okay, it's clear that this person and this person is invited. It's not this person plus anyone you feel like bringing. Um, but if you're- I, <laughs> this is how I know you've not worked on a Nigerian event before. <coughs> it was worded in that way. And then we got RSVPs back. Or they, like it was specified that the, that the um, invitation for, was for one or for two for different people. And then we got an RSVP back and being told this person would be joining me. One person had an invite for one and RSVP... (coughs) (coughs) RSVP back. (laughs) Sorry, I just find this so funny because it's so farcical. They RSVP'd back for four and told you the names. (laughs) Like, my name was on the invitation. Maybe you missed it, but these four people are coming with me so that's a total of five amazing yeah amazing i have to applaud the um the audacity 
Yeah, that's it. The audacity. It was... Um, I, I had never quite seen anything like that before. I was like, okay, I've seen it when people just show up with extras, but I love that you've let me know ahead of time. <laughs> it, was, it was really... Fun. It was really funny. I was just like, but I'm, I'm confused, but it clearly says it's for one. And a few people for that same event did the same thing. They were just like, yeah, but I'm coming with this person. Not can I come? I'm coming with this person. Mm-mm. Incredible. Oh, well. Well, like I said, you know, know your culture, know your spouse's culture. That would yes. never happen in my family. They would be excommunicated. <laughs> Say it again. Brace yourself. <laughs> that, that, those are my parting words for you all. Brace yourself if you are marrying someone um, from a culture similar to mine um, and yours is probably similar to Olivia's or, yeah, then I think you just, as Olivia said earlier, need uh, to have generosity of spirit. But we have a conscientious audience. So I'm, I'm confident that you have had these conversations, but we will be doing some more blogs on our one bay about navigating various guest listy things. So definitely check that um, periodically because we have some really cool content on there. But for now, we're going to love you and leave you. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Um, I'm sorry that we are still fighting with Apple Podcasts. Hopefully, we will have sorted this out by the time this one comes out. But if not, you can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And also have this live on our blog. So share away with anyone that might need to hear this. And for now, uh, see you soon. Yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.